Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sitting with Sean, episode one of Extraordinary. And today, yes, number one. And today, I have a very special guest, my first guest on Extraordinary. And I want to introduce him. His name is Brandon Highsmith of Anchorage, Alaska. How you doing, Brandon? <laughs> doing well, man. Uh, uh, grateful to be the first guest. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I couldn't think of anybody better to be my first guest. Um, so I have known Brandon since 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Right about. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, Brandon, would you like to give an introduction of yourself? Oh, <laughs> uh, like you said, I'm from Anchorage, Alaska. I'm married, got a two-year-old beautiful daughter as gorgeous as her mother. And, uh, I do a lot of different stuff, which I'm, I guess we're going to get into. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, so I met Brandon crazy. Uh, we were, I was walking down the streets of Anchorage, Alaska, yeah. playing Pokemon Go, and I see this <laughs> long haired guy, this long haired dude, and he's got a wrestling shirt on. And I can't remember the shirt, but me neither. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a wrestling shirt nonetheless. And I was like, wrestling buddy. <laughs> and we, wrestling, wrestling buddies, we attract, you know, we see it's very rare that you find somebody who's a professional wrestling fan. And I found out so much more about Brandon and, and that little bit of time that we that that we played Pokemon. And and it's just been a blessing to to have you a part of my life and to see your transformation and who you've become and uh, and just be somebody that uh, that I can relate with. And so uh, right off the bat, I'll say thank you. Well, I, I think the feeling is pretty mutual, right? I, I watched your journey, too. So um, hopefully it's just been a positive impact on each other and. And uh, yeah, guys, you know, this guy, uh, you know, knowing for, I think going on almost five years now, he's done a bunch. You should hear his story. If you haven't go back, check it out. Um, it's pretty incredible. And, and hopefully we'll talk a little bit more about him as well, but uh, don't let him be too humble. He's, he does some awesome and amazing things for good people. Well, I try to remain humble because uh, right before the fall is pride, right? <laughs> yeah, it certainly is, man. All right. So let, let's get a little bit about your story, man. Uh, where are you from originally outside of Anchorage? <laughs> well, originally I'm from Anderson, Indiana. Um, it's a little town about 45 minutes northeast of Indianapolis. Um, I kind of relate to Pirates of the Caribbean, like Ila de Moida. It's, it's a little town that can't be found unless you already know where it is. Um, and uh, I actually, when I was a few months old, my parents moved down to Dallas, Texas, and I spent my first 10 years there. And then uh, came back up with my mother uh, in two thousand or excuse me, 1996. And I'd spend the next 12 years there till 2008. And then I left for Alaska and didn't look back. And it's been almost 14 years. That is, that's awesome. That's a, that's, that's a quite a journey. Three decades and three states. <laughs> yeah. Three decades, three states. I can, I can kind of relate to that. Um, so, so one thing I want to bring up, you used to be a professional wrestler. I did. Yeah. So what got you into professional wrestling? Oh, my gosh. So I, I'm going to be transparent here. When I was a kid, I used to make so much fun of it. And, 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 and you know, when you're a child, it's hearsay, right? My parents thought it was stupid. So, of course, that transpired in me. And I was like, oh, it's stupid. I remember my mom used to watch some kids and bring over their stuffed Macho Man and Hulk Hogan's and stuff. And we would just beat them up and um, – but when I turned uh, 12 or 13, I met uh, 
who would become my, one of my very best friends to this day. We've been friends for over 22 years, but um, I met him through my older brother and he introduced me into wrestling. We, he was a WCW fan. We watched Monday Nitro one night, uh, close to the fall of WCW actually. Uh, and I fell in love automatically and I've been pretty hardcore ever since. So nice yeah actually my my roots of being a wrestling fan are kind of complete opposite of you i i i've been a, a wrestling fan my whole life like the first memory i have is andre and hogan at wrestlemania wow that's my first memory of life yeah yeah and like uh my mom used to have uh vhs's and she would sit me in front of the tv and just watch watch it watch it watch it and so i you know i watched it and Growing up, my dad did backyard wrestling, and they would oh, act wow. like they were. Yeah, they were. Well, not really like certified backyard wrestling, but well, there's you no know, such thing as certified backyard wrestling. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. But uh, you know, my dad was a huge fan of Ric Flair growing up, so he would always impersonate Ric Flair, awesome. and yeah, and the people around him would would do a you know other wrestlers of of the era. Um, but then, you know, uh, I had all these action figures and then I, I got in trouble and I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling for like four or five years, man. So there was a gap of, yeah, I leg dropped my sister. <laughs> I did the Hogan leg drop on my sister. Yeah, and, done a Hogan leg drop, right? Who yeah. Done Hogan leg drop somebody. Right, right. And, but my sister was young. She was probably like like three or four at the time. Oh, I'm not condoning. I'm just saying like who? <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't go yeah. leg dropping your brothers and sisters, children. Come on. Yeah. Disclaimer. Don't don't leg drop your brother and sister. Uh, anyways, uh, don't try this at home. Okay. Uh, but yeah. And then and then I moved up with my my dad and he was into watching wrestling. And this was Attitude Era. So like, you know, we would flip in between in between nitro and 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 raw back yeah. and forth man it's just been this passion like passionate part of my life for the rest of my life yeah i, I missed uh, i missed the um so i i think i got in about late 99 early 2000 so the majority of that stuff was over right the Monday night wars were pretty much already completed all the big stuff had already mm. occurred nwo degeneration acts all these things and so um Obviously, WWF at the time was still running hotter, and you know, obviously, we know that in 2001 WWF would fall. But um, I, I still stayed in it because I was like, man, I just I liked the idea. I was a hardcore WCW guy, even, and and I'm one of the few that loved it in its final stages. I thought they had some great content. It gets dogged a lot, but they yeah. had a lot of good things going, like MIA and Scott Steiner being WCW oh, yeah. champion and running through every. I mean, I could go on all day, but. Um, going through that and then wwf becoming the only product left to watch for a while until tna debuted only wednesdays on pay-per-view yeah uh, uh that was just one of those things where it's like man i just i'm so in love with the product that i just couldn't stop watching and then of course i quickly grew into loving other wrestlers like triple h and Rey mysterio coming in and and all these other things so it was just it, it didn't ever stop is what i'm saying yeah um actually you know in between that time my grandpa snuck me down to his basement because that's where i used to watch wrestling he'd sneak me down to the basement he like hey man do you want to watch it and it was wrestlemania 14 and uh we watched wrestlemania 14 we watched uh one of the biggest things that i remember most is kane versus undertaker in the inferno match 
Yeah. And uh, I was like encapsulated in this thing because I was like, somebody is going to be on fire. <laughs> what? Right. what? Minutes, right? Yeah. But I will, I, I, I have to relate with you. You know, I was a massive, massive WWE, or sorry, WCW fan. Um, I, if I had to choose WC, I would choose WCW. And um, I was a huge Sting fan growing up. Uh, my f- my first pay-per-view coming back watching with my dad was Starcade 97 and that will forever be my favorite pay-per-view. Oh yeah. Yeah, when Sting versus Hogan for the heavyweight title with the controversial ending. Yeah. Uh, there was just that whole pay-per-view was was madness, you know, starting out with uh with Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko and I'll say like Dean Malenko oh, is my favorite match. Oh, oh yeah. Great match. Dean's my favorite technician of all time. Uh, Underrated super underrated and, and that match was just amazing and then you know the nwo craziness that happened in between then and hogan and sting like for me that that that's my favorite pay-per-view of all time and a lot of people can criticize it but i don't care because that's what brought me back into loving professional wrestling again yeah, yeah. Um, i gotta say wcw invasion angle wasted opportunity wasted mm-hmm. absolutely all about yeah. embarrassment, brother. All about embarrassment. Yeah, and what 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 really sold like the fact that WCW got buried was Triple H and Sting at WrestleMania. And yeah, that was I totally agree. That was the final nail in the coffin for that. They just they couldn't help themselves. Yeah, I mean they you didn't. If you wanted to do the DX versus NWO angle, that could have been done on another match on the sh- on the card. Or 20 years ago when everybody oh. wasn't too old to move. Say it louder for everybody in the back. My gosh, <laughs> don't get me wrong, guys. I respect all those guys, but my goodness. Yeah. When when the NWO worked worse than D Generation X, like they're all gray, they're all slow, they're all huge. I'm like, oh, please, can we not, right? Triple H and Sting is hard enough to watch. Um yeah. Cool. I, I that was I, some really bad bad. I rewatched I rewatched highlights from that where DX and Triple H or DX and uh and NWO had their little clash. And I watched and I didn't notice it at the time, but Kevin Nash took a back body drop and he grabbed his quad. What a surprise. I was like a meme about Kevin Nash and his quads. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you guys, just Google Kevin Nash quad meme. You're going to get a fun day. You're going to get Absolutely. a really fun day. Yeah, no yeah. Big Cav, that guy is amazing. Um, yeah. You know, sorry for the loss of his friend, Scott. Man, that sucks. Yeah. Um, but I actually paid for a cameo for my oldest brother because Kevin Nash was always one of his favorites. And he did a really cool, like, I had him induct him into the NWO Wolfpack and stuff. It was so cool. He's <laughs> nice. a cool guy. He was supposed That's to be awesome. a part of Comic Con this year, but yeah. I think he canceled because of Scott. Yeah. So, which was disappointing me because that was my only attraction for going there this year, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, crazy. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, my mom took me, when I lived in Maryland, she took me to the, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was the, the arena in, D- in Washington, D.C. And uh, back in the day where you could go in the back of the building and meet all the wrestlers as they're g- yeah. coming in. And one of my fondest memories of that time was uh meeting razor ramon scott hall and uh he was talking to somebody he was in his ring gear and i tugged the back of his 
of his of his uh of his jacket and he turned around and looked down and i was like hey chico and he grabbed me and he picked me up and that's one of my fondest memories oh man yeah and and i will forever adore scott hall um whether he had his addiction problems or not you know because the work i do i can we i can see past that absolutely yeah yeah Um, he's he's an amazing human being just he, he was an amazing human being. You know, he wore his heart on his sleeve and stuff like that. And, you know, rest in peace, Scott. Um, but moving forward, um, what got you in, like, wanting to be a professional wrestler? Oh, from the moment that I watched it. I don't. Yeah. So I, I'm so different than my family and my brothers. Um I've always been to the art of theater and acting and things like this. And I was like, what a combo athleticism and acting put together like story and drama and, and telling something that people can get tied into that intrigued me a ton, just a ton. And from the moment I watched, I wanted to be in the ring. Um, and, and as a matter of fact, you know, uh, we'll probably talk about this a little bit more, but, but Mark Bagwell uh, used to come to Anderson for a guy named Ron, uh, he used to be security at World Wrestling Superstars. I used wow. to attend those shows once a month. Ron used to play, it was a security or something for a long time. Like he knew, he had Buff on speed dial. Like it was super cool. So Buff would always come and work shows there because Ron asked him to. And he actually had a BWO thing, like Buff's World Order. It was funny. <laughs> it, looked like the, it looked like the BWO shirts, kind of. Yeah. Um, it had Sean Casey and any wrestler and all those people in it. Nice. Um, Andy Chain, Vince Vaughn, all these guys. So uh, when they were doing that, I remember that I was so anxious to be a part of the show. I remember that I talked to Ron and I said, hey, man, can I do a spot with Mark? Just something simple. I just I was 17. I wasn't even legally like allowed to wrestle. Right. Um, Not to mention the insurance. All those legal things. And so. I remember there was this guy named Shadow, and uh, I don't – he wasn't the greatest guy. He was a promoter slash booker and wrestler, mm-hmm. world champion all the time, got to be the best, nah. blah, 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 one of those. And uh, so basically I had always helped promote the shows. I'd go around town, put up flyers. I'd tell my friends. I'd sell tickets. I mean, I went every level outside of being a pro wrestler. I would do it to make sure the show was successful. And so long story short, time went on, time went on, time one. Mark would let me run his merch table for him. He's like, hey, watch my stuff. He, you know, he, it was so cool. Like, you know, you're 17. Like, you feel pretty empowered. Like, wow, this celebrity yeah. asked me to watch their stuff, you know, and help him sell it. And so uh, so two things about this was when we got close enough and I asked Ron, I was like, hey, can I do a spot? And Mark was like, yeah. Uh, like, what do you want to do? And uh, I actually got to pitch an idea to him. You know, I was like, I want to be – Cause he was supposed to wrestle. So I was like, I want to be, I want to be wearing a shadow shirt. I want you to like call me out. And then it's like, hit me with a double arm DDT. Like hit me with your, your butterfly DDT and the thing. He's like, yeah. okay. Uh, and then we get to that show and then, then shadow says no. Uh, during on that day. Right. Right. When I got there and I've never had so many, so much gall or balls in my life to ever do this. But I remember just, I was like, all right, like, He's been telling me for months we're going to do this, and now we get here, and he backs out. I'm just really mad. I'm like, 
is he just utilizing the fact that I help him sell all these tickets and stuff? So anyway, I went back to the locker room in front of everybody and I ripped Shadow apart in front of every all the guys. I was 17 and I let him have it. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> I, and I said my piece and walked out. Nobody tried to kick me out. Nobody tried to escort me. I'm literally just a 17-year-old kid flipping out on this grown man in front of his entire peers, right? No. I come out and I said my piece. And uh, I looked at Ron and he's like, you know, and, and five minutes later, he comes up to me. He's like, hey, uh, Buff said it's cool to do that spot. He doesn't care what Shadow thinks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, it worked. You know, like, I just thought yes. I was going to get my way. I was going to say my piece and be done with it. Right. So anyway, we do the plant thing. I'm wearing a Shadow shirt. He's like, hey, you know, who are you? Blah, blah, blah. Get in here. You know, and I get up and I don't have any footage because it was, you know, 2005. But I get up and I grab the rope and do a Jericho thing, right? Just, you know, get all dramatic and stuff. And so I get in the ring and he's like, you know, what's your name? And I'm like, Brandon. And he's like, oh, Brandon. He's like, you like Shadow? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, he's a kick, double arm DDT. And and Disco Inferno was there. They were the main event that night. And uh, I hit the mat and I just hear the two behemoths. I mean, the, the ring just starts bouncing because they're 200, you know, plus pound men. Uh, and then I roll out and go to the back and blah, blah, blah. And the rest is history. But uh, it was so cool because Mark didn't have to do that. Uh, and especially being 17, right? Like the, yeah. they get the legal trouble they could have got into. But um, maybe I gained some respect. I don't know what it was. So I, I just, I remember from there on out, uh, my brother was there. He's a big fan of Disco Inferno and, or, and Disco and, and, and Buff too. And I was like, hey, how much is a picture, Mark? Like my brother was going to get a photo. He's like, it's your brother? I said, yeah. He's like, oh, like, don't worry about it. Get over here, man. He just did a free photo. But it was he was so cool to me and that that just exploded my passion for the business because someone i'd watched on tv was not a jerk he was super awesome he gave me a moment of a lifetime even if i never got anywhere else like that was big to me so it it was a really really cool moment so <laughs> big part of that was just something else that is pretty pretty awesome um i had a moment like I ha i've had a few moments like that in my life uh, one more recent is with the shirt that I'm wearing, CM Punk. I'm a massive punk fan. And, um, you know, um, I was a punk fan in 2011, uh, practically since I started watching him. He, his his personality, you know, uh, and how he, he conducts himself uh, and what he does uh, is counterculture, really. And I really appreciate that. And uh, I was doing tribute to the troops in 2011 when I was in the Army at Fort Bragg. And next thing I know, punks behind me and uh i turn around and he's right there and we start talking he hung out with me for an hour he didn't want to talk about him like i started out said i've been a massive fan of you you know since uh well, you IBW. yeah i was like i've watched all your stuff you know and then he's like enough about me let's talk about you and he talked to my daughter's mom on the phone like wow. while i'm standing there dude just this really cool yeah and i was just like what what like i was just mind blown at how personable uh somebody that you watch on tv can be it's, so i it's, actually got to meet i actually met cm punk during his ovw days long before he oh, gets nice. television. yeah he was wrestling in muncie indiana um at a house show just like a, a, like a little ovw you know because they weren't far right so ohio valley wrestling yeah. they traveled the territory a little bit in the midwest and uh I remember because remember the Pepsi logo on his arm, right? I'll never forget yeah. it. He comes out and he's a bad guy. And I was like, you're awesome. He's like, you're not, you know? And then, <laughs> and 
And I remember I got my lip busted open the week before. So he called me herpy lip or something like that. It was freaking <laughs> hilarious. Like he just waylaid me to the crowd. And I was, it was, it was, you know, it's always a fun for a fan to be like, Oh, that heel just ripped in me. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. But hurt. was thinking like, Whoa. But then to see him hit WWE television later on was just like, I remember that guy. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when, when he came back uh, to AEW, I, I sat on my on my living room floor crying, just yeah, like, yeah, because, you know, and, and that's a story for another time. But, uh, yeah, huge CM Punk fan. And I don't think I'm ever not going to be. Um, <laughs> but uh, so so your journey in, in professional wrestling, where did that lead you? You know, what are some of your more memorable moments in the ring? So. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm remarried. My wife at the time it was so crazy because, you know, coming up to Alaska, there was no wrestling scene at all. And so oh, yeah. after I left Indiana, this has been four years. I kind of give it up on the day. I was like, oh, I'm going to be living here. There's no contacts. There's no shows. There's it. It's gone. Right. It, that It's gone. And that's fine. I'll continue wrestling, continue being a fan. Um, and then we're literally walking through the Northway mall of all places, the Northway freaking mall guys. You don't know what it is. Check it out. It's the lamest mall on the planet. It's closed now. That's how bad it is. But I'm walking through there and I see, uh, what was the Alaska Wrestling Alliance, I think is what it said, yeah. on, on this uh, small banner behind some bars, this very tiny room with a with a ring in it, right? And I remember just looked out at my wife. I was like, I'm, you know, I'm doing that, right? And she said, <laughs> I got to figure. So I ended up making contact with a promoter. And I think my first six months, it was about four hours a night, four nights a week in the ring. And and it was in those 80s ring too. It was just plywood and canvas and wasn't the flex steel guys get to enjoy today. So um, it was, yeah, it was very brutal. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I have an opportunity here, right? I'm in my mid 20s. I'm like 26. And so, uh, you know, we, we did that. And then, you know, finally I got the call up to start wrestling regularly. We had a small roster, which was nice for me because I wrestled at least twice a show. Um, I usually opened and often ended up in the main event somewhere. Um, a couple of times I wrestled three times. Like it's been, we just, it was that tiny, right? It wasn't that you had a whole mm -hmm. bunch of people. So, uh, so I, the highlights, um, one, I got to tag team with Rick Steiner. Um, I remember nice. when, when my promoter was like, yeah, we're bringing him and Raven and, and Luke Harper up. And I just lost my crap. I was like, are you serious? First, you're bringing up two WCW guys. First, it's a dog face gremlin and Raven. Raven and Chris Jericho was the first match I ever watched at a Halloween Havoc tape from 1998. Nice. It was one of my all-time favorite matches. And uh, so tag teaming with Rick Steiner at the Egan Center right here in Anchorage was so freaking awesome. Uh, and then the next night we went to Wasilla and I got to take a bunch of kendo shots from Raven. Kendo sticks. Uh, you know, it looked horrible, but it felt great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not a pain lover, but you get the idea. Like just yeah. this guy who you freaking love and followed his character. Like you're in the ring taking kendo stick shots from him. Like how cool is this? Right. Yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, those are easily the two highlights. Um, and then I got to go down to the Colorfeller Alley Club. something that's held yearly in Vegas or somewhere else. Um, Billy Blade, his promotion, he helped set it all up. But I got to meet. And be in the ring with a lot of people. Uh, I got to be in there with Sean Casey and all kinds of people. But uh, gosh, 
um, Rock Riddle was there and Ricky Steamboat, Greg, Greg Valentine, who blew me mm -hmm. off, um, <laughs> Rob Van Dam, uh, Jim Ross. Uh, my goodness. Uh, the Rock's mom was there. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. It was speculated he was going to be there. Uh, the biggest thing was the surprise appearance. Uh, so the guy who trained Edge was getting inducted for his work. Uh, mm -hmm. And then Edge just shows up out of nowhere to present him with his award. Uh, and Beth is with him. Like, this is very, oh, very wow. in their relationship. Yeah. And I heard that he might be there. So I brought some old WWE Raw deal cards. And, and I went up to Edge. And he was short hair at the time, right? It, it just yeah. ended for him. Like, it had just ended. Like, he'd only been out for, like, a year. Like, this, mm -hmm. he's, he's still fresh out of professional wrestling, right? Uh, and so meeting him and, and Beth Phoenix was really, really awesome. And I had them both sign my card, which I still have to this day. But that was the first time I met Dallas, too. Dallas was wow. at the CSD inducting Jake into this Hall of Fame and talking about the documentary, The Resurrection of Jake to St. Yeah. Roberts. So that was the very first time anybody got any public knowledge of it. Wow. That is, that's wild. Yeah. That is wild. That's pretty awesome. It was really cool. So... Hard part, hard question. What ended? What ended it? What ended it all? Oh, man, uh, the backstage politics. There was more drama in the back than there was out front. And, um, you know, I, the the thing that really reminded me of it, it was it was a good thing slash bad thing. So, I spent my first year as a good guy, and I sucked at it so bad. I was like the, eh, you know, horrible, and. Uh, uh, Basically, the booker was also the promoter, and he always wanted to be champion, blah, blah, blah. I was the U.S. champion at the time. We had a guy who had trouble showing up to trainings. If he didn't show up to trainings, he didn't get to wrestle on the card. However, we were desperate that night. So if he showed up, they said, you're still going to wrestle him, which I was comfortable. Like, I knew the guy. We'd had some matches. Like, I wasn't against it. But, my, but the booker says, if so-and-so shows up, you're going to go over. You're going to keep your title. If he doesn't show up, you're going to wrestle me, and you're going to drop your title. And I said, what kind of sense does that make? Like, yeah. did I just drop it regardless or hold it regardless? And uh, and then it quickly dawned on me that he just always had to have a strap on. And I'm like, whatever. And so I was legitimately pissed. And then he comes to me five minutes later. He's like, oh, by the way, we're, we're also making you heal. I was like, good. Good, because I'm feeling it. You know, and, uh, <laughs> and true story, dude. This is a real shoot. Uh, went in, had a great match, dropped the title. And when he was celebrating, I literally went out, grabbed the U.S. belt off the commentator table, ran in, and freaking ran him over with it. No joke. He got his hands up, and I think he thought it was planned, but no, it wasn't. I straight up hit him with that thing and just laughed. Nice. <laughs> grabbed my gear and laughed. And uh, I got a call from him a week later, and he's like, well, I must have really pissed you off. I was like, yeah, you did. He's like, I like it. And I was like, what? He's like, did you hear the crowd? He uh, he's like they're they're really buying it, uh, and it, and it, he wasn't he wasn't wrong, and that was kind of the most frustrating thing about it is that he was right, and so I you know the next three years I would just spend the entire time heel because it, I, I guess it just goes more of my personality. I've always been told I'm a witty person that I'm good at aggravating and annoying people. I'm like, well, I guess I should just bring that into the ring, and so I I really enjoyed being the bad guy. I think I I just it was the most fun you could possibly have. And I, I think I think uh, more devout wrestling fans love the bad guy. I got to agree. 
I got to agree with that. And, uh, you know, but, you know, you would ask, like, what ended it? That that was really it. There was just, um, you know, as much as I love the promoter, we're still friends. He didn't really have balls to, to put his foot down and say this is how things are going. Like, he let everybody influence him and everything was always a train wreck and everybody was always trying to take command. And the the, the thing that I'll never forget is, uh, you know, you have your backstage rituals. You're getting ready for the show. You gear up. You do your stretches. You do whatever it is you do. And then they say you're up next and you just go, you go wait behind the door, the curtain, whatever you're coming out of. And uh, I historically got crazy butterflies. No matter how many times I did it, I would just, it was, it was a good kind of, it was just like, I'm jacked, like, let's go, you know? Yeah. Um, and I used to use kill switch engage um, uh, fixation on the darkness. So it was a really hardcore, had a great entrance, you know, it was like, boom, you know, just pumped. Mm-hmm. And so I'm coming out one day. Um, and I'm standing behind the curtain to hit my music and I had this big moment of fear and I was like, what? I had this, this, this really distinct feeling that I forgot something. And so I started checking my gear. I was like, no, like got my boots, got my knee pads, elbow pads. Everything's right. What's wrong? What's wrong? And so, uh, you could probably see it in my face in my last match, but I was like, something's missing. Something's wrong. And I got out there and I had the match. And the match went okay. Like, nothing went wrong. But I got back there, and it they hit me that I wasn't excited when I was out there. And that scared me. Because if I'm not excited, this means I'm not into it, and this means I'm a danger to the person I wrestle. I could yeah. potentially hurt them. And they could hurt me if I'm not on point. And that's not... That That told me that day that it was time to get out. And and I hated that moment, but I did what I needed to do, and I just I, I walked away. Yeah, I guess better for fiber in my being because I think about it every day. I yeah. I left. Better for you and better for the man across the ring, right? It, it is safety is the number one thing in there, and I, I just you know, when you think about people doing stuff at home and whatnot, that's just the thing that they miss, and it's so dangerous. I've seen some pretty nasty stuff just with the guys that I wrestled, and it's yeah. I I saw a guy get two front teeth knocked out on a on a Van Daminator that he shouldn't have been taken, you know? And, uh, and I saw a guy get his wrist broken because he didn't think to put his arm down on an elbow drop from the 240 pound guy, you know, straight snapped his wrist, you know? Yeah. And, and I've been hurt. I've cracked ribs at the beginning of a match. I've, you know, taken a superplex of the guy doing it bailed out on. And I can basically elbow drop the entire ring with all my body weight. Mm. you know, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Yeah. Like, no, any the simplest of moves, something can go wrong. And I just remember that match that I took that superplex, and he was coming down first proper. He was doing it right, but then he needed to see down. And so what he did was he just shifted me all my weight to one side. And so yeah, I elbow dropped the ring, and the next morning I, it, it was stiff the rest of the night because I saw the rest of the main event too. Yeah. And I had an elbow pad on, so I didn't realize it. But I got the next morning. I went to brush my hair, and there was this spider web bruise. Oh, but it didn't hurt. It looked so much worse than it felt, but I just busted a ton of blood vessels and stuff. And it which is black and blue all the way around. I can, you know, those uh, spider web tattoos that like Rhino has yeah. Yeah. Just think that in a bruise, but in that capacity, it was just, it was <clears> massive. <throat> and I don't think, I, I mean, I think people have a better grip today, but it's, <laughs> it's dangerous. It's yeah. dangerous. Like you're training your body to take a bump. You're training, you're telling your body to don't put your hands down. Just yeah. put your hand to your chest and just take it, right? Take a clothesline. Yeah. You're willing to get hit. Keep your hands down if it's safe, right? 
you're literally retraining your body to do things that aren't natural. Yeah. That's man, that that's that's wild. That yeah. is wild. <laughs> I believe me, some of the guys when I go to shows are like, when are you coming back? <laughs> I am 10 years older and a lot more on my plate. So right, right. Yeah. So uh storied career over. Uh what's the next step for you in life after? Well, I was going through a bit of a transition professionally. So I did a lot of retail and crap like that during that time. And uh, uh, I think right around the time I was still in professional wrestling, I, I became, uh, <laughs> excuse me, went into uh, pharmacy work, which I didn't intend. It turned out to be a big blessing, but turned to a seven year long career, which was really successful. I traveled a lot, which, which is kind of funny getting out of the business. It was kind of good because I traveled a ton. I wasn't around a lot. I wasn't around to train. I wasn't around to talk about cards and matches and stuff. So it, it almost, you know, it was almost, you'd think someone laid it out perfectly. Right. And yeah. so, um, it was that. And, you know, in 2012, I had gotten married, um, took on this career, a lot of big stuff changed for me, but that was pretty much my life for a long time was, was, it was all about Geneva Woods and being a director of inventory management. And just, it was all about my professional life. I was still watching wrestling, hardcore, um, and all that, but, I would say that was really the gist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I, the transition is crazy because you're trying to, I know for me, the transition out of the military, is a little bit different than what you did, but uh, the the transition out is like, you try to find where you fit in and what your passion is again. Like you try, yeah. you, you try to find that fire again. And sometimes that fire doesn't come for a few years. Well, it came for a few years for me. But, you know, sometimes you have to find where you fit in and, and what you're good at and what you enjoy doing. And uh, I, so for me, it was a little bit harder. I don't know how hard the transition was for you. Um, it was. I. It took me a long time to accept that I was down with wrestling. Like, this is something I wanted since I was 13. I had it, and I made the decision to walk away. It wasn't like I was booted out or forced out. I made the decision to walk. I was like, well, how sucky is that? How yeah. crappy is it to be the, to, 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 to have this dream? Like, oh. You know, a, I, I, I'm in Alaska. Nobody knows we exist. B, I'm, I'm, I'm late twenties. The chance of getting into some big organization were already slim from the get go. You know what I mean? You just, yeah. you got to be realistic sometimes. Um, yeah. Not everybody's gonna be a Dallas Page. You can walk in at 35 and be a big superstar, right? Right. You just, it just doesn't happen. And uh, you know, I would have stayed in longer if it wasn't for all that that, that nonsense. You know, it wasn't that I was burnt out or anything. It was just that I didn't like what was happening back there in, in the back. And it's just, it wasn't worth it. And so, yeah, the transition for giving up pro wrestling, I was pretty bitter about it. I hadn't talked to any of the guys for a long time. I'd kind of cut them all off. And that was my way of coping with the idea that I just, you know, to get out, I need to remove myself completely for a while. I didn't go to any shows. Um, I just focused on my career. And that was good for me because it took off real quick. Um, and that was something I did have a passion for. So, Fortunately, it didn't take long, but it was good. It it helped out a bunch uh, in terms of uh, getting getting to the next step in my life and moving past it. Yeah, sure. Um, now, following along the lines of theatrics, and I, I'm glad that you mentioned earlier theatrics and theater and, and role playing and stuff. You do cosplay. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so let's hear a little bit about that. What, what got you into, into, you know, being, being into cosplay and stuff? Um, so Halloween's always been my favorite time of year. I was the kid who went ballistic with it. I was the, I was the one of four sons. I was, I was like, 
let's decorate September 1st. Let's, let's start <laughs> talking about what we're going to be in two months. You know? yeah. <laughs> All these things. I always enjoyed it because I like being taken out of the everyday world into something that makes you happy. Wrestling did it too, right? I was always mm -hmm. big on Batman and Power Rangers and Star Trek and just all these different things. And so I was, Halloween could not come soon enough. Um, and so um, years go on and, and uh, I, I don't remember where I saw it, how I saw it. But I went to a theater to some movie one day and I saw someone dressed up. I was like, that's cool. Like, that's an excuse to dress up outside of Halloween. Like, I like it, right? Yeah. And so... I would buy these cheapy costumes from like spirit Halloween, buycostumes.com, all these places. And, uh, and I would dress up, I'd go to theaters. I remember when I went to dark Knight rises, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Christian Bale's Batman. Uh, I bought this really cool comic animated, super buff Thor cosplay, uh, just all this fun stuff. Um, and then I eventually started making, I was making better money. So I was able to start ordering nicer things. And so I started ordering cosplay, but I think, I think where it really, really started um, was when my wife was pregnant and we had a gender reveal to do. And uh, we Arrow was hot at the time. And the yeah. show Arrow was hot. And I was in love with that show. And uh, the cool thing was, is I'd always been in archery as a kid and I was already getting back into it. And so we're literally on YouTube one day flipping the channels like, what would be a cool gender reveal? Like what to do, what not to do, right? Because you see a lot of botches and so. Yeah. We're flipping through and flipping. We get to this video, and this lady is in a rodeo palace, uh, like where they do like bull fighting and stuff like that. She just has a big compound bow and she's doing a gender reveal. And I, I instantly just saw a green arrow cosplay and a bow. So <laughs> 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 my wife was like, We should do this. We she's like, that's what you want to do. So I went on simcosplay.com, ordered a green arrow cosplay. I was like, let's do this. And so I started working on my my uh practicing and all that. And we did the gender reveal, it was awesome. And so the weird thing about that was before, like before or after the gender reveal, I decided I would try my hand in doing a review on it mm -hmm. on YouTube and it kind of exploded. It wasn't massive, right? I didn't get like a million views, but it got way more than I anticipated. Uh, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, let me post up this Kylo Ren cosplay that we got last year and see what happens. And it got some good views. And then I started searching on YouTube and I was like, wow, nobody really does this. I mean, there's a few channels, but it's not popular. It's not hot. It's not trending. Right. Yeah. And so I would buy more cosplays for personal use and would review them and whatnot. And then eventually one day I just started just, I just decided to get uh, uh, bold and I emailed a company and I said, Hey, would you be interested in doing any cooperative things? And he emailed me back. He's like, what are, well, what are we talking about here? And I said, you know, maybe uh, a discount on some cosplay to, you know, exchange for reviews on YouTube. He's like, I love that. He's like, but I'll just, I'll send you one thing, your choice a month, no charge and exchange for reviews on YouTube. And I was like, oh, wow. Nice. Uh, okay. Yeah. And it exploded from there. And I've been doing about once a month. Um, the pandemic kind of hurt a little bit because they're based out of China. But um, this drives my passion for cosplay, helps me go to cons. And yeah. it helps me also to work on my passion of, of those theatrics and arts of being able to share my cosplay passion with people on YouTube. So uh, it was kind of weird how it happened, but I'm also really grateful because I, I enjoy it so much. Yeah. Now you, if I'm not wrong, you have an armored Batman. Oh, I do. Cosplay. 
Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah. <laughs> it's somewhere. So, uh, right. That was from a totally different company. Uh, my wife, being the incredible woman that she is, bought it for me as a birthday gift and went through hell to get it up here. Um, yeah, I got to debut that art at Comic-Con just a few months back, and it was so rad. I had always loved Batman versus Superman, Batfleck. I've always been a big believer. The movie came out, and I was thrilled. Um, but when I got that cosplay, I just lost it because I always... Dark Knight Returns was a favorite comic of mine, and to see it come to fruition of live action, to see that someone actually made a cosplay, like officially made one. You know, I'm not talented enough to make my own, at least... I don't have time. I haven't tried my hand at it, but being able to go into that and say, Oh wow, I can just buy one and use it. And actually it was really good quality. Heck yeah. Yeah. And you know, I seen pictures on Facebook from, from the Arctic comic con where fans were taking pictures with you and stuff. You got a lot of good feedback from that. Didn't you? Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm so grateful. Um, it, I can't really explain. And I don't know if other cosplayers go through this, but I don't make my own stuff. I just don't. And I, sometimes I look at that from a cosplay community standpoint. I'm like, you know, these guys are more talented than me because they make their own stuff. They're so impressive. I will never take any credit from anybody who makes their stuff because they're just phenomenal work. I've just, A, I don't have the time, and B, I just don't really know if I'm good enough to do it. And so for me, it's just get buying it and 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 then modifying, right? I try to, you know, if I see something that doesn't make sense, like I'll go on and get some parts or something and I'll redo something. But um, far from making my own thing, but I'm really grateful that people come to me and, you know, and they always say, I love your cosplay. And I'm like, I didn't make it. I'm always up front. Like I didn't make it like, so. Yeah. You know? And that makes me really awesome because uh, they realize the effort you still put in and, and all those things. So there, it's a wonderful community and going to cons is I, every year with Arctic and Alaska comic con up in Fairbanks, I wait for those two dates every year. I just, I so do. Cause those, those are times I really just get to be me and go have fun with other people who are into the same stuff, share cool cosplay tips and, and designs. And it's, it's an amazing time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the other cool things is when you went to go see the Batman with Robert Pattinson, <laughs> yeah. what cosplay did you wear? Oh, so I did have his new 2022 suit, um, Sim cosplay. Uh, man, did it look phenomenal? Uh, I'll tell you, those guys, um, you know, sometimes China gets a bad rap for making stuff cheap. These guys do a great job on their cosplay, and that's that's not just plugging them because I do business with them, but they they truly do. And if you watch any of my videos, I've had some where I've knocked some of their quality. Um, I'm very transparent about that. But um, when they sent that to me, I was absolutely in love with it. And of course, they kept pushing back the Batman. Uh, you know, a full year yeah. aggravated me so bad. But when I finally got to wear it. First of all, it was super hot. It's one big bodysuit with a lot of extras. Um, and so sitting through a three-hour film, sweating like crazy. <laughs> uh, but it was worth it because that's who I am. And uh, I actually wore it two nights. I wore it the fan fan night on Tuesday, and I went back for the opening night on Thursday to make sure I got my popcorn buckets and special stuff. Yeah. Um, but the really neat thing was it took me an hour to get out of the theater after the movie was over because I couldn't, like, I couldn't get from the theater to the exit doors without people talking <laughs> the manager the manager i don't know if i'm supposed to say as a manager like uh uh comp some snacks for me in order to, like in exchange for a photo that is <laughs> I'm awesome there, i'm up there like paying for my stuff and i throw some some sour patch kids up there or something like that and she goes with the guy she's like oh 
don't charge him for the candy. And I was like, what? She's like, can I get a picture with you after you check out? <laughs> nice. I'm like, uh, yeah. And I you not to do that anyway. Like I would have gave you a photo anyway, but it was, it was cool. You know, the crazy thing is, is it was that, that was at Takatnu, yeah? It was. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, we'll keep, no, 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 no. That that's for transparency reasons. Um, you know, I went up to, uh, up off of 36 to go see uh scream when it came out right yeah yeah, yeah. i went to go see scream uh up there and because uh, the chairs are super comfortable you know they recline the legs come up there's always a give and take with some of these theaters like yeah your food's not the greatest but they have comfortable seating whereas <laughs> right. you go to Takatnu, the chair yeah, they're 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 kind they're kind of, the chairs are kind of stiff, but they got they they have phenomenal theaters and their food is great, right? But I went up there and uh, I for Scream I got up in my whole ghost face ghost face costume and I walked in the theater and the manager said you can't wear that in here and I was absolutely gutted because of that yeah. because. The tradition of of fandom is you wear the costume or a costume similar to to the movie, yeah. and nobody else was wearing a ghost face costume at all. And as a matter of fact, I got really upset. I'm I didn't I didn't like lash out, but I got really upset. And yeah. as I was taking it off in the theater and taking it to the car, one of the um one of the people that was going to see it was like, "I love your costume. They should have let you um, watch it." So I've I've made a vow to myself I will never go back up there for a fan movie like a fandom movie ever again. Yeah, it, it's a give and take, right? You you kind of mentioned this earlier. Um, uh, my wife asked me, she's like, "Are they gonna let you go in there like that?" You know what I mean? In the Batman cosplay, and I said, "We'll find out." You know. Um, yeah. But the thing was, is I'll never forget, um, and you'll probably remember this too. The night the Dark Knight Rises debuted, there was that shooting in that that Colorado theater. Yeah. Like I came out of the theater from my showing, and I read all about it. Right. And yeah. that's what the big scare was of people coming in in masks. And so I understood that. And so I was like, if they're going to ask me to do it, this is going to suck. Like I'll just rip the cowl off and I'll still have the rest of the suit on. Right. So yeah. I'm look like a raccoon. Cause I did my eyes. Black. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was really neat. I walked in there and, and the, the manager was just like, Hey, can you just do this real quick? And I did it. She's like, cool. And she just let me walk in. And so, uh, some people are still weary. We live in a crazy world, right? And I can't blame people for wanting to be safe. Yeah. Um, but it does. It kind of hurts the experience because I'm the guy that will dress up for any movie that I'm passionate about because I just want to share that with other people. And I enjoy doing photos. Kids love this stuff. Yeah. I, I couldn't even get out. I couldn't even get into the theater from the parking lot without a mom stopping me and saying, can my kids take a photo with you? Like, and, and then people in the theater next to me like, hey, can we get a photo when this movie's over? You know, just like lean it over. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Like, it's it, like this stuff is so important with all the dark stuff that happens in the world. Like these are the things that keep people going. It does me right. Yeah. The next Batman film, I'm like, I had a calendar reminder and I had a countdown app. Right. It's just <laughs> that important yeah. to me. And these are the things that just remind us to, to stay positive about something, look forward to something. Um, but again, I don't knock people for, for wanting to be safe. And you know, if the, she would ask me to remove it, I don't know, but she was cool about it. So yeah, yeah, I think it makes your movie-going experience more enjoyable and more memorable. You, well, you know, get to really uh, what do you engulf yourself like in, yeah. in the in the in the genre in the atmosphere, right? You get to just really immerse. Immerse—that's the word. Yeah. yeah, that's the big thing for me. 
So what what has been, you know, in total, what has been your favorite cosplay that you've done? Oh, um, my goodness, they're starting to stack up, you know, yeah. uh, been doing this for a couple of years now, straight. Let's see. Man, I, I think I, <laughs> this is rough. Um, <laughs> uh i guess today yeah i think it would have to be the batman 2022 i think that would really have to be it i just it was so spot on and i just i it looked so good that i felt like the batman right i felt like yeah. i had a darn near movie quality cosplay and that said a lot for more for my experience like i was just so pumped the entire film like i lost yeah. zero energy in that movie three hours straight just sitting sweating like crazy I loved every moment. And I, like I said, Absolutely. I went back a few days later and did it again, you know, in the yeah. same suit. So, uh, yeah, hey, gotta be it. You know, you know, off topic, I think in my honest opinion, my humble opinion, I think the Batman was the best Batman ever made. Um, and my honest opinion, I don't knock any, any of the other guys that did Batman except for George Clooney. Um, <laughs> but, uh, careful these days, right. Don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think everything from, from the question of will Robert Pattinson be able to, to fill the role, fill the shoe of the Batman, uh, how will the supporting actors play into that? Um, how how is this how is this going to be different from any other batman and i'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it it's been out for a few months but this batman in my honest opinion had everything that every other batman was missing yeah. the griminess the grittiness the 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 fact that you know um bruce wayne is trying to separate himself from batman and find his place and and, and you know and, and the roles in each and it was just such an amazing film such an yeah. amazing film. Um, look, there was a lot of misconceptions going into this, right? A, Pattinson apparently just can't get past Twilight when he's done a lot of other stuff. And he's a great actor. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but he, like Ben Affleck, I backed him from day one. I got a ton of heat, and it was so cool to go up and everybody, all those people walk out of the theater and be like, oh, I guess you were right. You know? Yeah. Um, and then the second part was, and this isn't really spoiling anything, but we finally got that detective film that the games have always done, that the animated series have always done, but we never wanted to get in live action. We've seen every single Batman dabble in some level of detective mode, but nothing to this extent. And throwing it into a, a noir kind of attitude along with the grittiness just really served the film well. And like you yeah. said, the casting choices were phenomenal. Everybody had great chemistry. Um, I'm not surprised you already announced the second one, right? It just it racked in so well. And and now those naysayers who waited and didn't go see it, you're going to see those extra ticket sales next go around. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And going into the detective part, like you, you we never got like an all encompassing world's greatest detective. There were bits and pieces yeah. like you mentioned. This yeah. one throws all of them together and it's like, Wow, that is just awesome. And I, I loved how he didn't use too many of the gadgets. He didn't rely on the gadgets. He yeah. relied on his on his instinct and on his hand-to-hand -hand combat more than the gadgets. Well, and you mentioned earlier that you're you're you mentioned that he's in a point where he's trying to separate himself. He's trying to figure out who Bruce Wayne and who Batman are. I love uh in the film that they did a great job of showing that he's only in year two, right? Yeah. That they're 
he's not a perfect detective. He is not a perfect combat fighter. He is not a perfect this or that. He's still learning. And I love this because what we get when Batman versus Superman, you get a you get a very jaded, totally skilled, cutting edge Ben Affleck Batman. Like he's yeah. been there, seen it, done it, right? All of it. This guy is still growing. This guy's still figuring out what the Batman means, right? And so I love that Matt Reeves was conscious. He did just say, well, in two years, you're a total expert at all you do. He's still yeah. imperfect. And I thought that went such a long way to reality of it, someone growing in anything that they do. So I just, yeah. there, you know, a lot of people say, why did this happen to him? Why did that happen to him? Like, how do you not figure that out? I'm like, because he's he's still learning. He's not he's not the greatest yet. He's on his way. He's well above average. He's well yeah. beyond most people, but he's not perfect. He's not that guy that's been around the block all this time. So yeah, and that's that's really shown in the film. That's something that I just Matt Reeves tackled it so well. Yeah, and I, I had a I had a buddy of mine, we were talking about this, and he's like, Yeah, well, you know, uh he, he's not this perfect, you know, fighter, you know, in the movie. And he was supposed to have trained with League of Shadows. I'm like, different comic. I was like, if you look at a completely different comic, it's not, it doesn't fall along the same lines. As a matter of fact, it falls more along the lines of the long Halloween. Well, it does. And they released a book about a month beforehand called uh, Before the Batman or something. I don't know the title. It's like a two and a half hour audible book. But uh, it actually tells you... Uh, uh Riddler's roots and tells you mm -hmm. what happened in Bruce's life. Bruce is actually, spoiler alert, trained by uh Alfred because of Alfred's ex-military experience. He yeah. trained Bruce for years. They the League of Shadows was never mentioned. That's that's just non-existence here. So he yeah. was trained by Alfred in his military experience. Plus he went he went around the world and still did a a, a lot of various uh training in martial arts. So uh the, the experience is there in a different way, but uh, very, very different from the way the Dark Knight portrayed it. Absolutely. All right. So back on track. I, I love I love <laughs> talking about the Batman. Batman. So, yeah, you better kill hey, him. Me too. All right. So um, what do you do now? I see a, a certain shirt that you're wearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see that. Let's out. talk about let's talk about <laughs> DDP yoga. What do you do Man. now? Oh, it's such a cool program. Um, so anybody who doesn't know what DDP yoga is, it's, you know, Diamond Dallas Page, a professional wrestler, and then yoga on the end. He doesn't call it yoga anymore. Don't call them that in front of him. That's why it's just a Y on the end. Don't see yoga in front of him. Um, but essentially, he started that years ago when he messed up his back really bad, and they were told, like, you're done. You're done. And his wife at the time got him into yoga. And uh, he realized it was great rehab, but then he started developing his own program and it turned into YRG, Yoga for Regular Guys. Um, <laughs> and then that eventually evolved into DDPY. And so um, essentially, you know, the old slogan was it ain't your mama's yoga. Uh, and that's all true. It's not just woosa, breathing, stretching. Those things are a part of it, but um, it's, a it's a touch of calisthenics, strength training, cardio, flexibility, um, all these things, use of dynamic resistance instead of weights. So, um, so when I met Dallas back in 2013 at the CAC, he was really, it was really starting to take off in terms of public. Um, and a matter of fact, I think I had ordered DVDs before I left or right after I got home from the CAC. And I was like, I want to try this out because I had a ton of back problems after wrestling. I had a bunch, uh, cause I wasn't a bigger guy. Every, every bump I took was absorbed straight to the bones, really. 
And so I was hurting a lot when I got out and I only did it for four years. So you think about these guys who do it 20 plus, it's ridiculous to think about it. But um, so I was like, you know, from a guy who's been there can understand. And so if it works for him, it's got to do something for me. So again, this is in 2012 or 2013, but I was in the middle of traveling. Line. DVDs only existed then. Yeah. Uh, and so I, you know, it's hard to travel and bring DVDs into a hotel room that probably has a DVD player. And I'll be honest and transparent. I was not committed. I was very lazy. I made a lot of excuses. Um, and I got on and off the bandwagon for seven years, seven years. Um, and then 2020 came along and my wife is five months pregnant. Uh, and I didn't look good. I didn't feel good. And I just looked at her. I was like, you know, I don't want to be the fat dad. And so, uh, I was laying in bed at two, three in the morning and I, purchased the, the year subscription to make myself accountable. Uh, and then I said, in three months, by the time she gets here, I'm going to, I'm going to drop 20 pounds and I'm going to look and feel better by the time our daughter gets here. And I hit that goal about a week after she got here. Um, and I was really excited because that built my confidence about realizing that I can do hard things. Um, that fitness is not as hard as we make it out to be. Um, that it's a lifestyle change, not a fad. Um, and that is something that changes you mentally, not just physically. So I love the program. It's amazing. And if you guys ever go, you know, look at YouTube, DDP yoga and see all the transformations, it's incredible. It's, it's nothing short of extraordinary. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you mentioned earlier, uh, about meeting, about meeting Dallas, um, when he was inducting Jake, the snake and the documentary, that was about the same time when, when the program really started, right? Uh, so it had been out for a real long time, but that's when it really started being called yeah. DDP Yoga. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's when it really gained some traction public. Um, he started running the YouTube channel. He was sharing Arthur Borman's story, which is insane. Uh, and then I remember talking to him. And, you know, now that I think of it, I think I ordered him before. Because I know I was so excited that I knew Dallas was going to be there. I'm like, I can't wait to tell him that I'm starting this program, right? Yeah. So, you know, we got up, we did our, you know, half, you know, his hand, my hand diamond cutter photo. And, and I told him, I was like, I can't wait to start. And he's like, yeah, well, let us know how it is. Um, and so, yeah, uh, you know, fast forward and I, I went back into it. I, like I said, I fell off a bunch of times, but it was just neat because, uh, sometimes you get into things that people start and you don't know if they're in it for a paycheck or because they really want to change people's lives. And that's what makes Dallas different than anybody else I've ever seen is that he's really just He's really just trying to make a difference in a positive way. Yeah. And, and that's something I really admire about him. And and uh, I'm pretty big on TikTok. And I've seen somebody post a video up about Dallas and I made uh, a stitch to it. And um, the stitch that 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 I said was I have so much appreciation for Dallas. He has taken people in the depths of their addiction that were pretty much on the brink of dying. Yeah and brought them back into health or the best healthy self that they can be guys like Jake guys like, like Scott Hall, rest in peace guys like, you know, and then you guys, you got guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin and Jericho and, and some of the more bigger names and then brought them back, brought their health levels completely back to, you know, what they should be or close to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's his name? Darby Allen. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, he's uh, he's working with Brian Pillman Jr. He's a ton yeah. of people. Yeah, and 
And, you know, that that shows a level of care for for an individual and individuals and, and people in general that uh, I, I feel like the world is lacking completely. 100 percent, man. 100 percent. And we were and talking about believe in this program a whole lot more is that it's yeah. that the source is sincere, that it's that it's real. Yeah, uh, there there has to be a genuinity about and I don't even know if that's a word. It might be a word. It is Who now. knows? <laughs> it is now. I just it made it up. Now. Genuinity. <laughs> that's uh, our new word. Genuinity. Uh, there has to be th- some authenticity behind the person that is doing it. Yeah. And I, I feel like he is completely authentic, completely genuine and, and has a has a love for for humanity that in a, in, in, in a weird way is not matched. You can't match that. Well, look, when it's come from the right place, it's hard to match, right? Yeah. Um, look, uh, business is business, and I get that. And anybody who's grown adult gets that. But he takes it beyond just business, right? Uh, anybody who runs a gym, they could be able to make money. They could be able to change people. But he literally selects individuals brings them into his accountability crib as he calls it and and changes their lives uh, he's actually working on a project we got a sneak peek of this and and i think he said it's coming out i won't spoil what he's doing in it because i don't want to steal any thunder but he's doing a program called change or die so it's funny that you said changing their lives to break of death because he's literally running a docuseries called change or die he brought a few new people into his home that he's he's in the middle of changing right now uh and it's incredible and uh just when we were in that instructor meeting, he just talked about the people that he did help, like Brian Tan and uh, uh, Stephanie Kelly and all these people that had transformations. I remember looking at him. He's like, you know what? He's like, uh, he's like, I'm not bragging here. He's like, but I, I take the hit on every bit of money that's spent on this. I don't charge them anything. He's like, Brian, how much did I charge? He's like, not an effing dime. He's like, okay. He's like, Stephanie, candy. And they're like, nothing, nothing. And I was like, how sincere is that? This guy doesn't have to help them. He doesn't have to spend his his time, frankly, and he's got 70,000 subscribers on an app to work with these individuals personally. So what drives someone to do that? Passion, sincerity, authenticity, real care, mm-hmm. right? That's just being a human being. And where is the best place to do that? Is to not only change someone physically, but mentally. And that just goes such a long way. And you know what's crazy about that, uh, about his program, is that that is a form of recovery. Sure. It's an absolute form of recovery. You're promoting abstinence. You're promoting growth. You're promoting, promoting you know, mental health as well as physical health and spiritual. Yeah. You don't ever say can't around him. Oh, don't yeah. ever say I can't or I won't or, you know, like it's up to you. Yeah. Like I said, accountability is one of my favorite words. It's It really dictates everything in my life now and uh he he lives on the same principle right it's do you want to change it well then change it if you don't want to change it i can't make you i can ask i can try you know the old saying goes you drag a horse to water but you can't make him drink it's it's for real yeah so these people who legitimately want to try they get there and they have rough days and that's the thing he talked about too he says you know we're gonna fall short we're going to slip up. We're going to do dumb stuff. That doesn't mean it's over. And I said, man, what a real take from a guy in a position who doesn't have to say these things. And again, 
people can come out and just say stuff if they want, right? I can go out in front right now and then I can be a totally different person. I can mm. rattle off this and that. Um, and people can detect garbage. Uh, and this, this is not. Dallas is a real person doing real stuff to help real people. And what better calling in life than to, than to save someone's life potentially and then inspire them to go save other people's lives? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what inspired you to want to be an instructor? So after I hit my goal weight, um, it was one of those things where, okay, I realized some of my faults early in the workouts. A was the beginner program. It schedules like three weeks, three week, three workouts a week. It was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can move them anywhere you want. I do my three workouts a week, but I push them to the end of the week. And I'm like, ah, I can't do that. This is being lazy. Like I'm not getting anything out of it. So like I need to move to daily workouts. It can't be of a question if I'm going to work out. It's what kind of workout am I going to do? So I went on Facebook for an accountability moment and I said, hey guys, I'm going to work out every single day. If you don't see me post, I want someone to call me out and ask me if I did it. And you can even ask me to prove it to you. But I, but until this becomes a norm, I want the accountability. And so, uh, you know, people are like, yeah, yeah, you know, they did, you know, they never had to, fortunately. But over the course of the next nine months, so from like, or eight months, April to, to December, I had almost 10 people, friends, people I don't know, message me on Facebook Messenger to say, hey, like, I see what you're doing. I see you're having results. What is DDP yoga? And their question kept happening and happening and happening. And to be honest, like my group of friends, so when I was in my teens, every one of my friends around close to my age or a few years older were 250 plus. All my friends. One of them's even four, right? Um, and so I started sharing with other friends. And so... When I got all these messages, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I was sitting in bed. It was another 2.30 in the morning things, laying in bed, looking at the instructor package, right? It's like 500 bucks. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, this program is so much bigger than me. Like if I could do this, like it'd be selfish to keep it to me. I should, I should teach this. There's like one other instructor in Alaska and he lives in Juneau, right? Yeah. I felt a bit of a responsibility to become certified and start sharing it with other people because this is what Dallas did. This is what other instructors have done. Like we all became inspired. We need to keep sharing the program. We need to keep sharing the success and the failures and the, and the support. And so January 28th, I signed up early in the morning and I got started lagged a little bit because I moved later that year and all these things, daughter turned one and blah, 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 you know, a lot of stuff happening. Um, and I finally got certified in December. Um, but now it's really neat to go up to someone and say, Hey, I am legally certified to teach you this phenomenal program. Are you interested? And so currently I'm looking for a studio to teach out of, but you know, uh, people, when I was training to become an instructor, when I had to teach so many teaching hours and stuff, they loved it. They're like, I've never done anything like this. And this is cool because you can modify and you can, anybody can do it for any level of, of, fitness. You know, this could be the hardest workout ever. It could be the easiest, but it doesn't matter because your path is your own. And so there's something I love about this program is you don't have to walk in and say, Oh, look at that instructor. He's doing all these things that I can't do. It's very demoralizing. It's yeah. very, it, it turns people off. And so 
the greatest thing about this program is all these modifications that you, all these places you can go that if you're not there yet, you can still complete the workout. And that's the most important thing. So, you know, without getting too in depth, it just, all these people asking me was like, oh man, uh, duh, <laughs> duh. <laughs> I didn't realize I was inspiring people to want to change their lives. And so yeah. and to this day, I keep up with like six people. I'm like, what's your eating habits? Are you doing the program? Do you have any questions? Like I check in with them like weekly or biweekly just to see how they're doing. A lot of them aren't doing it yet, but they're getting closer. And if I've learned anything throughout this program is that if we can take an individual and change their lives as opposed to just doing a class and saying, hope you do better on the nutrition side, like the accountability there to help them in all facets of the process. And yeah. It just, it's great. And it keeps me motivated to keep doing it, to stay sharp and to, and to also be accountable to myself to look the part that I teach. Well, you hit on a few things and for, uh, right, right off the bat, what, what comes to mind is the program is holistic. It is. So it, it's completely holistic in the fashion of you're, you're not just, you're not just giving these people this program and saying, work it and I'll see you on the other end. You're checking up on them. You know, you're making sure that their diet is good, you know, within the means of their finances. You know, uh, you're also, um, you know, letting them do it at their own pace. There's a lot of instructors that would be like, you have to be where I'm at right now. And if you're not, then you're a failure. And, and that's that to me is is amazing that you're not that that's not the stance of the program. And on top of that is spiritual base. Like, you know, they're and. It, there's a higher power. It doesn't have to be my higher power. There's a higher power. Right. And, and, you know, and the, and the thing is the thing that, 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 um, that really, that really just drives it home for me. And like, you know, seeing your transformation and your journey is that you're the same person than you, that you were a few years ago in the aspect of you're approachable. You're, 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 you're an amazing human being. But you now you have now you have this title of instructor and and, and you've you're helping transform people's lives, uh, whether you believe it or not, you are, and and you know um, you hit on hit on two other things that that I want to hit on real quick. Uh, first, you mentioned that people were coming up to you and saying, "Well, you know, what is DDP yoga and and how do I do this?" And, and much like in recovery and 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 you know addiction and mental health recovery when you start getting to a point where your life changes and, and people are seeing it, they come up to you and they say, well, I want what you have. How do I get it? Yeah. And, and, and that, that to me, I don't know about you, but for me, that is super satisfying when somebody gets to that point and they say, I need what you have. How do I do it? That is super satisfying. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't like to take credit for things um, like you. I just, if, if someone was inspired because I did something awesome and move on, right? How mm -hmm. can I help you stay motivated? But um, yeah. it is neat that this program changed me enough for other people to see it because I didn't realize it. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, I say this all the time about my brother's kids and people you don't see for a long time. Um, you, know, you look at somebody a year ago and you'll see them for a year and then you look at them now and they look totally different regardless of what they've done in life. They just look different. They're growing, they're changing, that's life. Um, when you look in the mirror or you raise your own kids, they just look the same every day and they just evolve and change. You look back at pictures a year ago, you're like, holy crap, right? Yeah. Um, but you don't really see that. So when you do it, you, people see you, the change, like 
it, they see it because it's not them. Right. And yeah. so people attach that just a little bit easier because they, they see the process working. And, um, again, it goes back to being a regular person and not just someone who has a paid infomercial is saying, Oh, you know, like they got all the money in the world and they got, the <laughs> yeah. trainers and they got the best eating habits and all, all these reasons to make excuses essentially. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's just nice when people say, Hey, how can I change my life? Like, it's not even that they, they're inspired me. It's like that they want to change, that they want to be healthier. They want to be around for their families. They want to live longer. They want to be happier in the life that they have. That, that's what we need because happier people change the world. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and the last thing that really stuck out to me was you said that you want to be an instructor because you wanted to give what you know back to back to the community and that's much like in our in our recovery program and that's why i say like this is in a weird way it's a pathway to recovery um because you know with with our recovery program um you have it in order to give it away you have to have it and um you have to have that that recovery and and that could re recovery could be a month it could be a year it could be 10 years but you have it and and if you want to give it away, that's the passion that, that you're willing to convey. And, and for my personal journey, I knew that I wanted to give away every bit of my recovery to people because it transformed my life and it changed who I am ultimately. Um, and, and there's no better feeling than waking up and being like, I'm sober another 24 hours, you know, I'm working this program another 24 hours. I'm pretty sure for you, you're waking up and you're able to say, okay, I feel better as, as a human being. And I feel better physically, mentally, emotionally. And, and, you know, as part of, as part of that, giving back to the community. And I think you're doing a, a phenomenal job with it. It's, you know, um, I, it's one of those things where you just, like a lot of people look for callings in their life, right? They look for opportunities yeah. to, to, to be known, to, to change something, to have some level of recognition. And, uh, you know, transparency, I used to be that person. It's like, I come from a family that's, I don't want to say boring, but no one's ever accomplished anything really big, nothing notable. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm not doing this for notoriety. Like I've really changed my mind on, you know, why I do things, but, um, but if you can leave a legacy of, changing people for the better like that's what i want to do i don't yeah. need to be on some headline i don't need to be um <coughs> excuse me i don't need to be you know anything except a good person and a person that wants to help people and you know i think my faith has a lot to do with that i think my amazing supporting wife has a lot to do with that this program has a lot to do with that um it's just if you can change the world more positively why not like it's kind of it's it's almost wrong not to, right? It's almost wrong Absolutely. to keep good things to yourself. Like joy should be shared. Absolutely. I, I agree a hundred percent. Well, this is going to be the portion of the show. I didn't tell you about mm. you ready for it. Let's go. Okay. This portion of the show is where I'm going to give you the love that I have for you. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say things, say nice things about you that I like about you. And, and, and I want to do this because a lot of us as human beings don't really get compliments. We don't get, uh, we, we don't get appreciation 
and therefore sometimes we don't feel appreciated. Um, and it's hard to listen to compliments about ourselves sometimes, right? I definitely struggle. <laughs> and, and I, I know I for me, when some, for yeah, yeah, I know when somebody says, oh, you're doing a great job. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Next. <laughs> Next. Yeah. But uh, I like to give people compliments and I like to praise people because people are doing a phenomenal job and they're doing they're they're doing extraordinary things that are contributing back to the society and, and back to their community and to their family. And, and first off, I would like to say, Brandon, um, you've been an amazing friend. Every time that I've reached out to you and I've had an issue and I'm like, dude, I just need to talk to you there to listen. And I really appreciate that because I don't have a lot of that sometimes. Well, no, you know, change. Yeah, oh, I know, I know. And you know, there, there's been times where I've seen you out in public and, and you have not shunned me away. You have not been like, oh no, dude, like we've only met each other and we're only Facebook friends. Like, I don't really know you like that. You have embraced me and, 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 you know, and, and you've been the nicest, warmest person, you know, even when you first met my wife. And I remember this, you first met my wife, the spirit of Halloween, and you treated her like you had known her for years. <laughs> And for me, that that is heartwarming because you don't get a lot of that in society. People be like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Bye. But you sat and you hung out with us for a little bit. And and, and that means the world to me. And. You as a father and as a husband, you are what I strive to be. As a husband and a father, you are. You, you know, you spend an immense amount of time with your family. You know, you you make sure that your wife is taken care of and that, you know, um, that you're in the best environment possible. Even if you do lock your cat in the garage. <laughs> I had to bring that up. Oh, never lived. I still feel bad. Like I still check I, for like every half hour. It happens. It happens, man. I like that. Horrible. Hey. Hey, one of my cats got in my basement, and I I didn't realize it until probably four or five hours later. If it was a closet, it would have been better. But it was a if it was in a garage, it would have been better. But it was a closet. It was a yeah, full closet. It's terrible. Um, you know, and and you bring joy to so many people's lives with with you know doing cosplay and 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 with DDP yoga, and you give people a sense of purpose and going out and doing things like this and. And you give people a new way of life, even though sometimes they may not see it as a new way of life. They see it as a program. But you introduce this new way of life and this new way of thinking and this new way of living. And it's not something that a lot of people are are prone to. A lot of people are just norm, you know, stuck in their everyday life and they need they need something to change and they need they need a new pathway to walk down. And you provide that pathway for people. And so. I really want to take just this moment and say thank you for everything that you're done that you're doing. Thank you for for being an um, an amazing human being and a good friend to me. And thank you for being extraordinary because you are. <laughs> well, I uh, I struggle uh, as you said um, <laughs> taking these things in, but um, you know I'm grateful, right? Um, if Again, if you can leave any kind of positive impact on someone, do it. Like it's a responsibility to positively impact somebody if you can. But 
to, to talk a little bit quickly about uh, changing the mindset, right? I grew up in a family that was just bottled in their negative ways. Everything was someone else's fault. Everything's everyone's fault but their own. No looking in the mirror, no personal reflection, no accountability. No doing anything to become better, right? No, not doing anything to climb out and be better. Uh, and I realized at an early age that I just, and, you know, whoever helped me that, Heavenly Father, whoever, I don't care who helped me out with it, but I'm, I'm grateful because I look at where my life is today. And if I hadn't made those changes, I wouldn't be able to help people. I'd be like them. And I, don't be wrong. I love my family. I do. But if you're going to change the world, you got to be the change you want to see. Right. Didn't Gandhi say that? Yeah. And I want to see something different. And so I'm trying to be different. Do I have flaws? Thousand percent. Yes. Uh, just because this awesome guy right here is giving me a whole lot of praise. Didn't do not believe for one moment that I don't have my own personal struggles. But um, the idea is to continually overcome them every day and be willing to try. Right. Um, and if other people are willing to get on that journey and that path, then let's do it together. Let's become stronger because that's that's where it's at. The, the, the road of life is too long to do alone and we need friends. We need support. And we're going to have those times where we're not, we're not going to be able to pick ourselves up with our own will. There's just going to be those times when I went through my divorce and, and my job, you know, sold out to CVS in 2017. I was a personal and professional mess. So many people that I didn't know I had impacted enough of them that they wanted to impact me back. And I was like, I was overwhelmed by the people that were there just to talk. They wanted me to come be with them on holidays, like be in the middle of their family's holiday. That is so powerful, right? That is so powerful to think that someone's like, hey, gosh, sorry. It's crazy that someone's like, hey, we want you to come be with our family because we know you don't have anything right now. We know that you need support. Like that's normal. People don't do that. Yeah. It's just not something you see. And when I, I just, when you talk about like, I want to be like that person. Those are the people I want to be. I want to be someone that's going to be there for people when their hard times are hardest. I want to be there when their times are happiest. I just want to be there. And it's funny. You say like <laughs> treating your wife, like, you know, someone forever. My wife, looks at my extroverted attitude and says, how do you do that? <laughs> how do you talk to complete strangers and call them your friends 10 minutes later? Yeah. Uh, because I love people. I believe yeah. in people. I want the yeah. best for people. And everybody will get the benefit of the doubt from me until they tell me, they give me reason not to. But that's more enough reason for me to continue to help and serve and love the best I can. Because you only get one life and you got to help people as much as you can. So Sean, thank you. I sometimes you don't realize you need to hear stuff. <laughs> I yeah. think today I, I needed to hear this. So thank you very, like just very much. I, I don't know how else to say it. I can be poor with the words sometimes, but <laughs> just thank you so much uh, for bringing me on, allowing me to share my story and, and to, um, thank you for being different. Thank you for changing and, and having the willpower that's going to inspire other people. You're going to, you're going to keep changing other people's lives, man. And that's what it's all about. Well, you are too. You are too. And you're doing it every day. I promise you that. Well, thank you for being on. Thank you for being my first guest, man. I, 
I had no, such fun this last hour. Exciting. I, I don't think I've ever been asked to be first on anything. <laughs> well, hey, here you are. Uh, for everybody listening, uh, where can we find you? Uh, well, I'm all over social media. So uh, most handles like Twitter, uh, Instagram, my cosplay, uh, Facebook is Green Ranger 1701. YouTube is the same thing. Um, you know, uh, that's really it. I mean, find me on all those places. I have a discount with Sim Cosplay in case you want to get into it. Hit up my YouTube channel for more. It's always mentioned. Um, but yeah, you know, if DDPY is something you're interested in, if changing your attitude is something you're interested in, do it. Don't wait. Don't don't put it on the schedule for January 1st. Don't say next Sunday. Just get started and look for those people who are going to bring you up. Absolutely. And the links will be in the description down below. Um once again, Brandon, thank you for being on here. Thank you for participating and sharing your story and just being an amazing human being. No, oh, man, I, I appreciate you so much. You're doing amazing things. As long as we keep going this direction, we have an opportunity that to just do so much. And again, share, share that joy you have of recovery. Share that joy of how you feel. Share that joy of family and connection and world right? Share the joy of the world because it's there. It doesn't feel like it, but um, you work with some people in the darkest of places and they need you most. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, brother. This is Sean and we're going to be signing out of, out of sitting with Sean Extraordinary and everybody, you are extraordinary. Have a nice day.